1: All right, everybody, it is Wednesday night, May 18th, 2022. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, DJ. Uh, We are now a a part of the Chairshot Network, extremely proud to be a part of that and happy to be rocking along. For those of you that have jumped on board the last three episodes, we appreciate you. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you're having a good time with us. For those of you that followed us over from Anchor, again, thank you for following us. Uh, I'm going to go around the room here. I'm going to start off back by believe it or not popular demand we got some great feedback we had nicole on last week and we're very happy to have you back with us again this week nicole how are you doing
2: i am wonderful my head no longer hurts after the past two days what did you do to your head <laughs> no i just woke up with a really bad headache and it just kind of stayed all day ah. until like the end of my work day <laughs> that,
1: that yeah probably that didn't have anything to do with work did it it really did not okay. at all. <laughs> are you prone to migraines? Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my my girlfriend's prone to them. That's why I asked. So it's, she gets them, and she does. She gets them the last two days. So I, I know what you're going through just from, you know, watching her perspective. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, the minister of truth, the father of facts and mm. figures, the deacon of data, Mr. Rob, how are you, sir?
3: Good, good, good. And, uh. Please excuse the uh, chewing because I'm eating dinner while we're talking here.
1: We're actually we're breaking a record here tonight. We're getting an early start. We usually don't start till somewhere between seven thirty and eight for recording, and it is before seven thirty. I'm very proud of us. Uh, very excited because we may go a little bit long tonight. And last but certainly not least, Jason. Jason, how are What's you up, sir? guys? What? Well, welcome so... back. So, what do y'all uh, want to talk about? We're going to give it just a minute here. I think we lost Nicole. <laughs> no, I'm here. I I to oh, tell, oh, okay. tell my husband something real quick. <laughs> okay. okay. Before we get into everything, because we've got a lot to go over tonight, I want to I wanna start the show by everybody kind of throwing their socials out there. Um, first of all, like I said, we are the Mindless Wrestling podcast. Here, part of the Chairshot Radio Network now. If you want to go back and you're having a good time, you're liking the episodes, you want to go back and listen to some of the archive stuff, feel free to go back on uh, Anchor.fm or look on Spotify, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Uh, A lot of you folks did that recently. I appreciate the heck out of it. Uh, For those of you that are finding us now and you want to go back and listen to that, feel free to. Uh, Myself on Twitter for now, because I'm going to change this, I'm at... The wrestling pod. I think I've met the is it the mindless pod or the wrestling pod. I never checked my own Twitter. Hang I think on. Think it's
2: mindless pod.
1: Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> at pod. the mindless pod on Twitter. Um, I'm probably going to change that because that's my personal Twitter. I may actually open up a specific um, Twitter page for the podcast itself, but uh, that may take me a little while because I'm terrible at this kind of stuff. Jason, sir, throw your throw your socials out there. Uh, you can find me
4: at Jedi Fett, JediFett, J-E-D-I-F-E-T-T, uh, because I made it up when I was eleven. Because what? What if Boba Fett had a lightsaber? Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: so. And Nicole, how about you?
2: It is Cole Danielle eighty eight, C-O-L-E-D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E eighty eight. I talk about everything and nothing. <laughs>
1: And finally, Mr. Uh, enjoying dinner over there, Mr. Rob. Yes. All right. Um, Twitter, I am Rob The
3: Genius, with spaces in between, or R-B-O-N-N-E-1. Uh, where do you want to know where those come from? R-B-O-N-N-E-1 was the first email address, email, username I got back when I was in college, way back in, like, 1995. Was that um, your AOL? Oh, no, it was the school. Oh, uh, the school. That was like- oh, Okay. Well, because it was it was on anyone at like umbc dot edu or something like that, and Lord knows if that's still active because I have not done anything there in a very long time.
1: But <laughs> yeah, I've got but, a couple yeah. of old hotmail addresses that I'm fairly sure. Is Hotmail even a thing anymore? That's how old. It I still am. is. It still actually. And I think Tina has. With the a older crowd, account.
2: with the older crowd, I I work with a mail at a male pharmacy, and if I ask like older patients what their emails are, nine times out of ten, it's a Hotmail account.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Hotmail, and what was the other one back in the day, Rob? There
0: was Hotmail Yahoo,
1: was Yahoo. Yeah, well, I've still all my most. Of my, I still have my, my uh, Yahoo account. Yeah, I, I do have not. Uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> I've had mine uh, for about uh, twelve years now, the Yahoo one. Well, at least my third Yahoo. I had a Yahoo account, but it wasn't very professional, so I created a new one more with my my professional credentials. This was back when I was looking for a job about twelve years ago, and I just the other one just kind of fell by the wayside, and this is now my permanent <laughs> personal email. So, all right. So to start off the show last uh, this week. We're going to handle a little bit of in-house business. If you caught last week's episode, last ten minutes of the show, um, Jason was uh, you know kind of kind of checked out a little bit. He was watching oh. the Celtics game, and all of a sudden, disaster struck. Um, <laughs> Nicole, uh, cl- give a, tell us what happened that, that caused Jason to, to to do what he did, and then I'll, I'll clue everybody in.
2: I believe it was like the last two minutes of the game, and. <laughs> The, it was the last 11 Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <The> last <laughs> 11 <second. laughs> Well, let's just yeah. say Bobby Portis of the... I was going to say Timberwolves. That's Minnesota. Sorry. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> got the ball and kind of just zoomed past some folks <laughs> or went to a crowd of folks, sea of folks,
1: and scored. And end up winning the game. <laughs> so what followed was, I'm pretty sure Jason dropped an f bomb, and then his camera <laughs> gets slammed down, and it's staring what at what I assume is the floor or his couch or wherever he was podcasting from that night. And next thing you know, Jason drops right out of the uh, Jason drops right out of the episode just out of nowhere, man. Bit, bit over over that whole situation. So we need to have a bit of a disciplinary meeting. So I'm gonna, uh, Jason, you know, step step into the office here, sir. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yes, sir. Yes. So, Jason, you you realize we have a, a responsibility to the listeners, right? We do. We do have a responsibility
4: to the listeners. However, I'd like to quote the great Vince Lombardi. His his outlook on life was: you you worry about three things: your your God, your family. In his case, the Green Bay Packers. In mine, it's my God, my family, and the Boston Celtics. So <laughs> we're, my, my priorities are always a little out of whack this time of year. Bay. So I
1: just beg, beg everyone's forgiveness. I come right. around around WrestleMania season. Don't worry.
2: Green
1: Bay Packers. Yeah, most times he's usually here. And, and, and I can understand your sports team losing, but I'm going to put this into a little bit of perspective. Last week, Mr. Rob. Was in mourning. He was in pain, Jason. He was in absolute pain over his queen losing the SmackDown Women's Championship. It wasn't Game Three of the semifinal hockey puck tournament. It was the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, I fully expected Rob to take PTO that day. I expected to get a message from Rob. It's Rob to say, "Look, man, I'm hurting. I, I can't. I can't. I, I can't do this tonight." But no, Rob. Rob was dedicated to the cause. He was dedicated to the show. He was dedicated to the fans. He, he ground through. He came through. He said his peace. And, and, and I feel like if Rob can do that, if Rob can sort his <laughs> in that much pain over, over, over Charlotte, not only losing the SmackDown Women's Championship, but having to scream in front of all her fans and where Rob can hear her scream, I quit. That's emotional trauma, Jason. Like that's genuine emotional that- trauma. And let me add, let, let me, me add. That is not the
3: first time. Last year, okay, last year, on a Monday night, my queen was cashed in on I mean, by that damn superhero Sweet lady. Babe,
5: Jesus! Okay,
3: <laughs> that was on a Monday night. Okay, 24 hours after she had just won the Raw Women's title, she got cashed in on by that damn superhero lady. And two days later, I was here, sir. <laughs> I was so here. So ridiculous.
5: And I said, I made, here? It,
3: I made it through the entire show. And okay. I even listened, uh, uh, I right. even listened to you give me a hard time about it, okay? Hold on. You still bring it up. <laughs> Yes, I
4: do. I've already let the Celtics go. The Celtics go because they won. They beat the Bucs. They ended up winning the series, and now they're probably going to lose to the Heat. But I made peace with the Bucs, so you never no, because, even no, bring that up again. No, because, You're bringing that up years and
3: championships later. Do, do, and do, do you know why I keep bringing it up? Because us, because Why, you, why? You, you and him and Ray. Have constantly made jokes that you're gonna send me a money in the bank briefcase <laughs> at Christmas or something. Okay? How <laughs> cool? Okay.
1: Let me check my notes app. I think I still have that one penciled in. <laughs> and even
3: and even after I threatened to bring that briefcase to your house and fight you, okay, <laughs> you you two you guys continue to to, to make that joke like it's funny. <laughs> but yet, despite all of that. Despite all of that, I did not get up. I When you guys make those jokes, I do not get up. When you remind me of those painful, traumatic memories, those horrible occurrences, those injustices that have been put against the, the 13-time women's champion, when you remind me of those things, and when you try to make light of those things, I do not throw down my headset and leave. I finish the show, sir.
2: Number one, how can you bring up
4: all these, all these injustices, quote unquote, unquote and then sneak in there? By the way, the thirteen-time women's champion,
1: <laughs> brother, we're not gonna do that bad for you. Boy, I thought I was gonna go in hard on Jason. Rob just got well, fall no, on no, no, promo. No, no, no. <laughs>
5: here's
1: and the here's the thing. No, no, no. And no, I'm
4: no, sorry no. that it's that it. Number two, and I like we like to remind our <laughs> listeners of this sometimes. <laughs> I know it's still real to you, damn it,
5: (laughs) but it's (laughs) scripted
3: television, guys. Listen, listen, okay. You know what? See, despite
4: what you might think about the David Stern years, the NBA is not scripted much.
3: Okay. (laughs) She wouldn't be the 13-time women's champion if all those damn injustices had not been against her, okay? She might be like the five- or six-time women's champion instead. But because of these things that are constantly done to her, she's had to win the title back. Okay, um, and you guys—excuses, Rob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, she, that's, I, I also like how Rob is turned by disciplinary meeting into an excuse to shoot on the queen right in there. <laughs> you like okay, how like, Rob's a hell of a worker, man. Look,
3: look, look, I gotta do it now because we're getting into like serious stuff later. And I can't, you know, that's not the time to be doing that. Okay. I gotta look, I gotta do the silly stuff now. Okay.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, hey, I'm, Rob I'm, may be a morning in
3: a, in a couple of
2: weeks. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, uh, oh well, yeah. But, but, You know, look, I just want her to be happy. Okay. Okay. No, no, I mean, okay, no, jokes aside, no, I'm not mourning
1: because the woman's getting married. Okay, no. That's you know. <laughs> all right. So this is what I come up with, Jason. This is this is your punishment, and this will be due next week for, for, for bailing a, out uh, on our listeners for, for bailing out was... on, on a very important episode at a very important time when we were taking things very seriously. Um, <laughs> we've established that your, fa- your least favorite wrestler in the world is either CM Punk or the Young Bucks. So That's what, I, what I'm thinking is next week I need well, a 50 word essay on <laughs> you can write it, you can text it or you can make it up right out of your ass on the fly that day. I don't care. Um, as to why I tell you what, Rob, Nicole, should it be the Young Bucks or CM Punk? I want a 50 word essay on why they're his favorite wrestler ever. CM Punk. Okay, it's unanimous. <laughs> CM Punk. Now, Jason, here's the key. I need to feel it. Like, I need to believe that CM Punk is the new tribal chief in your head. I, I, <laughs> I, I, do you remember The Matrix? I, I can remember, do. remember I can... the scene where uh, they're they're at the bar with the Merovingian and his wife wants Neo to kiss her. Yeah, remember what she said? She's like, I I want you to kiss me like you kiss her. Right. That's what I that's what I need, Jason. I need I need the full tongue French kiss. I need to believe it. I need to believe that CM Punk is your favorite wrestler of all time. Uh,
4: unlike him, unlike him, I can put
1: people over and not whine about it. So. Oh. All right. So we will have that next episode. We're going to see just how thick Jason can lay it on. Uh, If you want to catch that, that will be next week. First thing right out of the box. All right. So we've got our fun stuff out of the way. And let's segue into the next segment while we're talking about people who bailed out of work early. Um, the, the, The news this week is apparently Monday night, Sasha Banks and... Uh, Naomi had some creative differences and it was announced what fairly well on live TV that they decided to just cut and run for them. I haven't seen Raw yet, so I'm going on what I read. Yeah, um uh, yeah, yeah. Rob, you want to fill us on a little bit more?
3: Okay, so all right. Um so Raw started. Now, first, first of all, before we get uh, get going here, a big F you to Mr. Sapp for like for leaking the show lineup. He's been doing that for like for Raw and SmackDown for like the past month and a half. Yeah, and that's that stinks. OK, let me just do that first. All right. But <clears throat> so that's what happened first. right? This, this. The lineup got leaked and people started thinking, oh, they're going to have the, the main the main event that was listed on the lineup sheet was a six pack challenge. Right. You know, Naomi, Sasha, Doudrop, Nikki, Becky and Asuka. So people started kind of talking about that on Twitter like, oh, that should be really good. OK. And then. Uh, the show started and there were some i think all right so they announced it at the beginning of the show and then it was also around the same time though that people some tweets started going around it like sasha and naomi left and so it was just got really weird so they announced it at the beginning of the show the show starts then a little ways in i think maybe after the cage match between bobby and almost they broke in and uh <clears throat> basically said that they said that they're not here. And like Becky did this kind of backstage interview thing where she basically was like, well, they're gone. So how about you give me a tit- uh, chance to get a, get a title shot? And so they kind of changed it on the fly, you know, and that, okay, well, tonight Becky and Asuka and then the winner gets the title shot. Okay. And then, so the rest of the night, uh, they were just burying them on commentary, well particularly Corey Graves. Yeah, Corey, Corey was burying them on commentary. And look, we know that, you know, he was being told to bury them on commentary. Right. Of course, now, Corey doesn't really get a pass here because Corey, on his own accord, has been particularly nasty to Sasha on commentary over the years. And not, you know, in such a degree that it's like, okay, he's not just doing that because he's being told to. At least right. he doesn't feel that way. right?
1: He's usually pretty brutal on Sasha Banks.
3: Right, and because if it was if it was an edict from Vince, then like Michael Cole and everybody else would be doing it too. And Corey is like the only one who goes that hard. Right.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> but in this case, look, we know Vince was telling them to, to you know the barrier or whatever, right? So, right. and then while the show's going on, the WWE puts out this statement, and it is like the, I mean, like yikes, right? Um, not just you know because it says well they left, and then it outlines that. You know, they um, they didn't want to go through with the match. They felt disrespected as tag team champions. So they put their titles, they left the belts with John Laurinaitis and they left. And it also said that, you know, they had eight hours to, to you know, get this match together. And, you know, they felt something about they felt uncomfortable with two of the people in the match, which is really bizarre because we all know that Sasha and Naomi have... Well, they, uh, Sasha's wrestled Becky a million times, and Naomi's wrestled Oscar a bunch of times, and Sasha's wrestled Oscar a bunch of times, and Naomi has at least teamed with Becky a whole lot of times. So he's like, well, it's not them. <laughs> okay. Then uh, there's
1: only two other people in that match. But then. So, let me really pause you weird. there. Hey, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to kind of clarify something here. This issue with the quote unquote two other people was this like a safety concern or was this a, uh, a pecking order on the roster type of concern? Has that really been like established yet?
3: It just, it just said uncomfortable, which means honestly, this is, this is some shit they put in the statement to try to make them look bad.
1: Okay. So this is a smear, a smear type of thing. Yes. It's just
3: because, because uncomfortable can mean a million different things. Uncomfortable means, can mean that, Hey, I haven't worked with them before and, you know, doing this in a main event match with somebody I haven't worked with before, I don't know about, you know, might be kind of sloppy or something, right? Um, or, but, you know, in the IWC world, when uncomfortable is code for, that person's not safe. Okay. And neither Nikki or Dewdrop has, I mean, unless they got some history before they came to the company. No. Neither of them is known for being no. unsafe.
1: I don't okay. know that I've heard a, a report of either one of them hurting anybody in the ring.
3: Or uns- Yeah. So that was just weird. And was there anything else to it? Um, oh, and then they uh, you know ended up saying with like we we are sorry. Oh and, oh, and then they said, well, you know this is a you know they said this is a scripted show and the you know Naomi and Sasha are expected to perform on the scripted show blah 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 and we are sorry we could not deliver the main event and these like it's well it's really weird because first of all i mentioned the it mentioned in my character name yeah which means look this was some very hastily written thing and whoever did this wasn't thinking about all of that right um because you know naomi and sasha are not real people <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, they're not the ones who were who are there to perform at the show right but so it was obviously some very hastily written thing and also some very impulsively composed thing um and the other thing is that according to the reports vince did not know that they left until after the show started so he's in gorilla he's running everything they announced the match on tv And then he finds out that they left. So I'm sure that sent him like he was on Pluto as far as being angry.
5: Right. Because,
3: well, because look, I mean, he's old school, you know, I mean, yes, there are swerves and bait and switch to things, but when, when, you know, but they announced on TV, this is the main event. And, and obviously it was intended that that was what it was actually going to be. Um, and then for it just to not happen, um, look, I'm sure, look, he, he probably, he got super pissed off, um, obviously. And so whatever, you know, basically he took his, his, his whole filter or whatever, or things that would normally keep him in check from doing something like that. Those are completely deactivated and, you know, and he just decided to rain hellfire and brimstone down on them for doing this. Okay. Uh, (laughs) now it looks like now also now according to according to the reports um the issue was that they didn't want to be slotted into a, basically a couple of singles matches on the pay-per-view because they're the tag team champions and they want to defend the tag team championships whether it's on the pay-per-view or not but that's what they want to be doing they don't want to be getting slotted into singles matches while they're the tag team champions right and part- particularly Singles matches where, look, I mean, Naomi was going to lose to Bianca. We know that. Right. And uh, and there, there, are, there are rumors that Sasha was going to face Ronda. I don't really believe that because I don't think they would
1: waste that at Hell in a Cell. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back okay. to that and talk about that aspect of it a little bit more okay. in a minute. I want to go around the room and get everybody's thoughts on the announcement and then more specifically the, um, the WWE release, the press release on it. Uh, Nicole, let's start with you. I've been seething for like the past two days. (laughs) I'll bet. I'll bet.
2: I'm going to start with the press release because...
6: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.
0: With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: When ba- Basically, if you don't already like Sasha or Naomi for whatever reason you may have or you're just an asshole, you're basically using that as ammunition to just spew the most hateful crap on the internet the past two days <laughs> and I don't and like you said you whoever wrote that did not think but it's like these are two black women okay we already know there is a group in the IWC who basically don't like women <laughs> are only here for the men They have an issue with anybody who's not their (laughs) fave. And they have a particular issue with people (laughs) of color. (laughs) And as soon as that, as soon as someone, as soon as that release was thrown out there for everybody to see, like clockwork. And it just infuriates me because it's like, yeah, you can be mad as a owner of a company and put a statement out, but at least be thoughtful in what you put in there, because these are still two human beings who already get enough shit on the internet as it is. This just made it worse. And basically a lot of people I follow spent most of, like, yesterday and Monday night reporting hateful, like, speech on Twitter, trying to defend, not even even just defending them as, like, performers, but just people just being (laughs) disgusting. And it looks bad.
1: <laughs> thankfully, I've I've avoided most of that. Most of the takes that I've seen have been... I've seen both sides of it. And thankfully, even the, the side that is more friendly to WWE, it, it's not necessarily that they've been... They haven't been nasty and disgusting towards Sasha and Naomi in, in that respect. So either whether I've just kind of filtered my my stuff out properly or what it's i've managed to avoid the worst of that
2: it's just some people that like retweet stuff to like make other people aware like hey report this tweet or report this person's page Uh, okay i kind of see it through that way okay people are like hey report this report this and you're just kind of like this is all on my feed thank you so much yeah (laughs) like i already wasn't irritated enough about this
1: yeah now, what are your thoughts on the situation? I mean, let's let's take it at face value. We're assuming this is a, a a shoot and not a work, and that these girls legitimately got mad about something, took off. What what are your thoughts there? Just you know, kind of uh, in in summary.
2: My thoughts in general are just like it wasn't just something that just like the okay. I know this is kind of going back to the statement, but they had eight hours. I feel like it wasn't just eight hours. I feel like they were, I feel like <laughs> most of that time was them trying to figure out, like, hey, let's come to an agreement.
1: Okay. Right. And
2: I feel like also something like we know, we don't really know anything. <laughs> let's start there first and foremost. We're going based off of the statement, what has been put out there from the dirt sheets and all this. I feel like there's more to the story, and it's not just oh we don't want to do the storyline because of the tag belts. I feel like probably some stuff was said that was out of pocket.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, and that's and kind made of them be like, you and know said, what? Somebody, are <laughs> not doing that, this today, <laughs> right? Somebody told them they needed to what? What was the phrase? Grow up or act uh, professional no, or ju- something ju- like no, that.
2: Fix their attitude. Adjust. Their attitude. Fix,
1: fix their attitude. That's what it was. So and somebody said that, and and unfortunately. Given who two of the big creative people are, those are words that i could I could hear either one of those two guys saying. You know when, when I think about who they are, you know, and and at least you know what I've heard on the internet <laughs> as far as how they're 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 perceived by certain people. Yeah.
2: So. I feel like I, after I calmed down, I understood, you know, as a owner, of a company being upset when people you hire to do a job just walk, just don't want to do that job. But then there's a big part of me that's just like I I love Naomi and Sasha, but then I also like the individuals outside of that. Like, yeah. and of course, none of us personally know any of these people. But when you like their stories and like their interactions with fans online and just them, and you're just kind of like, those are people that I would naturally gravitate towards. Right. I just feel like they were done dirty in this. Like, yeah. yes, they have a job to do. And yes, they could have easily like, it's like, I feel like this whole thing could have been settled without any of a statement having to go out. Cooler heads could have prevailed. But I also feel like people people escalated some stuff.
5: <laughs> yeah,
2: because originally, like even like when the statement went, like before the statement came out, people were dropping stuff saying, "Well, like earlier in the day, they spoke with like the the girl supposedly spoke with Vince. He said we'll make it work." And then producers got mad that they wanted to change it, <laughs> and then right. that's when the exchanging of words happened. <laughs> okay. It just seems like it's a lot of things, it's a lot of stuff we don't know. There's a lot of people that are involved in this that are not on the up and up, that have a reputation, and I'm not talking about Sasha or Naomi.
1: Right. Well, Sasha's name gets thrown around as a bit of a diva, and it has for years, and some of that may— that irritates my soul. It it does, (laughs) me too. I mean, is she a diva, or is she protective of herself? And you know, I guess depending on your perspective, it's both. And you're in a business where you have to advocate for yourself. If you don't, you're going to get walked all over. You Mm -hmm. are going to get left in the dust if you don't stand up for yourself. And you know, let's let's call it call it like it is. Especially if you're a black person, a person of color, or even worse, a black woman or a woman of color. Because I really think that in the in the totem pole of eating shit they have to eat the most and they have to fight the hardest and they still have to jump through more hoops than, than other people do. So, you know, is Sasha a full tilt diva backstage or is she just doing business? And it's a shark infested business. And you're either going to be a great white or you're going to get eaten alive. And she chooses, at least from my perspective, the way I view Sasha Banks, she chooses not to get eaten alive. And why, why, why should she allow herself to, to be so. so. She shouldn't. Jason, how about you? What were your yeah. thoughts, both on the, um, the, the the statement from WWE and the, the situation in general, as the with the facts that we have? I mean, with the facts that we have, which are
4: not many, um, I think WWE handled it wrong. Um, the statement was just, we know that stuff has happened where, you know, there have been creative differences or, you know, and it just gets settled behind the scenes and the magic get just gets changed. If they wanted to work it kind of in that little area around like, you know, nine, ten o'clock where we didn't know were they working, they shooting, you know, are they did they really leave all that well they could have just kept it there. You know? And next you know in, re- in real life, get these girls behind closed doors and be like, okay, what happened here? Was there a breakdown in the chain of command in terms of what, you know, producers said, what Vince said, you know, conflicting messages about however they wanted to handle this? Um, I feel like there was a clear breakdown in the cha- chain of command there, but the statement was just so over the top. Um, yeah. And that, that blew any chance they had at at um, at salvaging this in terms of just hey, just kidding. It was a story, and they're eating a lot of crap for it. Mm. You know, E picked it up, and uh, a bunch of other networks have you know put it on there. The New York Post did did something about it, and I can't feel too bad about it about you know them eating crow for it because you know. And two people that you really shouldn't mess around with, who are beloved by everybody. Uh, it's just a unfortunate situation all the way around. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and defend them on it because right. they screwed up. I mean, if I play devil's advocate, we were talking about it earlier, you know, privately in the Discord. And we, I was like, okay, devil's advocate maybe this is like strike 15 with Sasha being a diva about like, no, I don't want to do that. And Vince was just like, you know what? Enough. And he puts out the statement. Well, the problem with that is as far as I know, this is strike one. If, if that for Naomi, and she is catching all of this stuff that, you know, Nicole so eloquently talked about. And that is just patently unfair and ridiculous. Um, It, it's just, I don't know it, it yeah they handled that, it they handled it wrong
1: and they're they're eating crap for it and i can't feel bad for them yeah uh, this is this has turned into a pr nightmare for them if, if like I said if e is picking this up um you've got i've tried to look at this from multiple angles and there there's so many facets and layers to this like i can look at the talent defending themselves standing up for their convictions and to a degree, I can even agree with the convictions because the they are the women's tag team champions. This is a, a an accolade that Sasha herself fought for for probably longer than they needed to. This should have been like, a, hey, we would like to have women's tag team champions. Oh, hey, that's not a bad idea. It sounds like current Bailey like had to really sell this idea to Vince McMahon, which in what, 2019, almost 2020, just sounds ludicrous to me that, that women should still have to beg for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but that's where we are, you know, and maybe that, maybe some of that, as we've talked at great length, maybe some of that is on the fans. Hey, Brian, can you maybe turn that ear off? there is a just not enough people? You got too many people saying they want women's wrestling and not enough people actually watching women's wrestling. And and that's a whole discussion for another day. We've had that on past episodes. We're not gonna go down that road tonight. But if you're going to implement women's tag team championships, by God, make them mean something. You know, put them on women who are going to be on TV, defending them regularly, going to put them on and defend them on pay-per-views regularly. Otherwise, why have them? Like, why go through this whole thing to make these belts, make this tournament, crown these women to, you know, what was it? Uh, The Iconics, as Rob likes to say, they won the championships, the belts, and then went into witness protection yep you always have them every once in a blue moon in a backstage segment (laughs) right and that was it so if you're going to if you're going to implement these titles and you're going to have this accolade you ought to use them and your tag women's tag team champions ought to feel important and when you've put the time and effort and energy into them like Sasha Banks has that's important to you like that's a personal thing you know and I can see where she would take that very personally looking at it as a manager. I think this whole situation, both from them and from WWE, could have been handled a hell of a lot better. I am not a big fan of anyone walking out on their job. Um, Unless, like, now, if they're going in and they're being, like, physically or verbally abused, okay, I get it. You know what? This is a hostile work environment. You know, I can't be here. This one's using racial slurs. This one's being sexist. This one's, you know, physically attacked me. This one's shit in my bag. You know, these are genuine, you know, assault type things that, okay, look, I can't be here. I'm walking out the door and I'm going home. But if you're mad over a creative segment, um, there's a better way to work it out. And from WWE standpoint, that whole um, that whole press release was knee jerk. Like Rob said, it was very poorly written, very poorly worded. And it just really seemed like it was just something somebody did in an emotional moment. and we, from from different people on the internet, we've seen different reactions. We got uh, Matt Cordona. We got his reaction. Um, he pretty much made fun of the whole thing and had his own thing. Ass. Uh, of all people, CM Punk dunked on him. Great. But he he looks like a jackass because, okay, yeah, he's out here. He's um, sticking up for Sasha and Naomi. Awesome. Where was he when Swole went through her, her stuff? Uh, exa- absolutely uh, exactly.
6: Absolutely. Nowhere, nowhere <laughs>
1: to be found. And the, I think the, uh, and it's so disingenuous to me because all he's doing is making a fed bad shot. Okay. Yes. Cause darn near the exact same thing is going on in his current company and you're getting crickets from him. So yeah. Okay. Maybe you get a couple of cool points for sticking up for Sasha and Naomi, but you absolutely lose all credibility when you can't stick up for the people in house. So I'm going to read a quick statement from a local promoter. He's an indie guy, and this kind of goes against probably everybody in the room's feelings, but I just want to give people an idea as to where some people's heads are with this. Where did I have it? I, shit, did I delete it? I bet I deleted it because I now here we go. So he actually sticks up for Matt Cardona. He says this, Cardona's sarcasm exact, is exactly my thoughts, straight up. This is a scripted television program on a major network. It's selfish and egotistical to walk out and refuse to do your job. You're contracted millions of dollars to do. This isn't a matter of pride or standing up for anything. At the end of the day, it's ego. Regardless if you agree with the story or not, you're hired to do a job. You are a person hired to play a character on a a television program. Me, personally, I would release them from their contracts immediately. Good riddance. You just shit on all the fans that paid their hard-earned money to see your character and disrupted a live TV program on a major network. Goodbye. You can no longer be trusted as a professional performer. The show will go on with or without you. Move out of the way for someone that actually cares and wants the spot. Just my opinion. Take it or leave it. This comes from a local indie promoter in my area. Wow. Yeah. All
3: right. So, um, Jason, let's go wow. back
1: let's, let's wrap around the room backwards now, Jason. I mean, that's I the
4: general and you know certain sentiment. Look, I'm a pro-union guy. I'm a pro you know workers' rights, and you know, because I'm a very bottom of the totem totem pole guy. Like I believe your work should take care of you and all that good stuff. But that being said You're hired to do a job, and if they're asking you to do if they're not asking you to do something immoral, and especially if it's a booking thing, just do the Do the job that that night, and then come to the table and be like, "Hey, it's wrestling. You make it up as you go along. We can unbook this, or we can figure it out down the road." It, well, the walking out part, kind of. I'm I'm with him on that because I just look at it from a, a coworker perspective. Of I've been what the guy walked out on. I've had two coworkers leave in the middle of Black Friday, so I'm like oh shit. okay oh, that's the well, pitch and you're in retail up. bubba yeah exactly so i'm like from that perspective i kind of go okay i'm with you but i mean that guy laid it on way too strong and just like you hired to do a job to release you from your contract that's like no they're still human beings you want to talk to them and come to some sort of agreement or whatever before you go nuclear man right jeez all right yeah. nicole
1: what are your thoughts there
5: <sighs> she is fuming
2: tonight, man. <laughs> I'm actually pretty tame. Like, this is not an angry, it's just more like I dislike people. This is my dislike people thing. Um, so I get where Jason is coming from from his perspective. But he sounds like a but the guy sounds like a jackass. <laughs> Like you said, he waited on oh, too yeah. thick. I feel like he's speaking from personal experience of having performers be like, you know what, I'm not doing this, <laughs> or not showing up or leaving. So I feel like he's putting his own feelings into it just a little bit because he came on a little too strong. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, right. probably I, not you. Um,
3: yeah. Okay. Well, I look at it two different ways. Okay. Yes. Um. I'm when I was in high school, I waited on tables and. I too have been the victim of the no-show or walkout by a coworker, <clears throat> and it, it fucking sucks. All right. So, being mad at them for that, yeah, I mean, look, whether they did it on principle or what, if I'm their coworker, I'm you know, p- particularly Nicky, or dewdrop, because they went from being in a TV main event to not being on TV. Right. So if I'm one of them, I'm like, okay, I know you got your reasons, but you know what? For the time, you know, as of today, right now, fuck you. You screwed screwed Uh, me over
1: tonight too, pal. Now,
3: you know, now maybe next week I won't be saying that to you, but today it's fuck you, okay? Yeah. Um, but I also look at it like this is the wrestling business. There are decades of just countless just ridiculous levels of unprofessionalism that have been practiced by people throughout the decades of professional wrestling. And a lot of these things we laugh about. Okay, and so here it is. Whether it was right, wrong, or in between for them to do it, there are so many of these kinds of stories in this business that we as fans hear about and we laugh. And we think it's funny. So if it's funny when you know if if goldberg walking out in the middle of a match on a pay-per-view is funny then you know we can't say that's funny and then you know want to send these two ladies to the phantom zone all right right um we can't say that bruiser brody just staring at lex luger and not selling a damn thing to the point where luger just had to you know leave the damn cage because he didn't know what the hell was going on um you know we can't laugh at that and then Again, I want to send these two girls to the Phantom Zone. You know, we can't laugh at, you know, um, Vince Russo cutting a shoot promo on Hulk Hogan in the middle of a pay-per-view. Or, you know, all the other, you know, different kind of things that have gone on. Or, you know, when Hulk and Animal went to their opponents during the ring introductions and said, we're not doing the finish. Yeah. yeah. All right. They said, we're not doing the finish. And then they followed up with, you do what we tell you and nobody gets hurt. Okay. (laughs) And... We hear that story, and we laugh about it. Okay, two people basically said, we're not doing what we're supposed to do, and if you don't do what we tell you to do, we're going to kick your ass, right? Um, that story gets laughs. from people. people laugh at that story when they hear it, okay?
2: Hell, people applauded Jeff Hardy when he left a house show. Right. And said, basically, I quit. They're like, well, good for him. They weren't using him anyway, da-da-da-da-da.
1: I right. bet you those so, same people are shitting all over Sasha those and Those are the exact though. people that are. Yep. Right. So, and so it's, me, it's actually yeah. worse because Jeff was at a show in the middle of a match and left his didn't co-workers hanging. Yeah, and left his know. co-workers hanging out there in the middle of the ring, and he just took off and went out through the crowd. So to me, yeah. that situation is worse, and I had a huge, huge issue with him leaving like that. And, and we've said on this show, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Rob, we've okay. said on this show many, many times, if you're in a company that you're not happy in, get out. And yep. I will never fault anyone for leaving a company where they don't feel valued, appreciated, or respected. You know, I will never fault anybody for that. But if you leave straight up in the middle of a match and walk out, or like that shit that uh, Austin Aries did to John Morrison a couple years with the, with the Impact uh, World Heavyweight Championship, where oh yeah, Johnny hit him with the finish off move, pinned yeah. him, and like right after the three count, Austin Aries stood up, no sold it, and just walked out like like nothing. I'm like, well, how more unprofessional? Like so, as Rob was saying, to Rob's point, in the history of unprofessional things that wrestlers have done, this doesn't even rank.
3: Right. So to me, there's that. Um, now just in a vacuum. Them walking out, like, if I'm their co-worker, I'm pissed off. Right. If I'm Vince, I'm pissed off that they walked out. And particularly after the show, well, he didn't find out until after the show started. But, so, do I understand people, being, people there being pissed at them? Yes. As far as, like, the fans in the building or the fans who tuned in to watch the show, I mean, how many times have they swerved the main event of a wrestling show? How many times have they made... Announced the main event in the middle of the show, you know, a, you know, a match that previously was not planned. Every and, week, almost. Right. So, <laughs> so you as a fan shouldn't, I mean, no, you should not be out here all super outraged. Okay. Just, I no, uh, their coworkers, again, Nikki and Job in particular have every right to be pissed because, you know, they went from being in a TV main event to not being on TV at all. They wasted their time, basically. Um, After so they, weeks
1: of not being on TV already,
3: yes, yeah, so they have every right to be pissed. Um, <clears throat> Vince, because he's the boss, yes, he has every right to be pissed because, and like I said, he's he's old school, you know, promoter. Where you, if you promise this and you had every intention of doing it, and then you got to change the shit, yeah, he's going to get mad. All right, um, the statement obviously was doing way too much. Um, those of us on the outside, again. The history of what you're watching is, is full of things a hundred times worse. Um you, you should not be mad at them at all, I don't think. I mean, other than just saying, Okay, yes yes, I'm professional, they walked out. You can make that comment, that's fine. Okay, because it is. And but you know, but then you know, I said this on Twitter. I said, I'm I'm a big supporter of not gonna work for me, brother. And now the of course the one thing is if you're gonna go as far as to walk out then you got to be willing to deal with whatever the consequences are. Um, and so, I mean, that's real, right? I mean, so if, you know, if that means you get yelled at by Vince later on this week, then you got to sit there and you got to take it. Um, right. If, if he decides that, okay, well, well you're going to be losing those tag team titles because, you know, because of that. Well, okay, fine. You got to take it. Right. Um, but as far as us here, did they do something to you? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Did, <laughs> I mean, I mean did, did they do something to you? <laughs> you know, I mean, um, they didn't do anything to me, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, it's okay to kind of, it's, it's okay to generally comment on, again, walking out is unprofessional, and it's fine to say that okay, they shouldn't have done that. And again, it's fine for Nikki and Dewdrop to be mad that they didn't get their match because of this. That's fine. It's fine for Vince to be mad because the show got got you know because basically because Vince is one of those like really kind of when it's time to do something like me like when I get my mind set that okay, this is what's going to happen at eight o'clock. This person's supposed to be here at eight o'clock. We're going to do X, Y, and Z at eight o'clock. And then if you know, and then if I'm all once I've gotten the frame of mind that okay, that's what's going to happen, and then if somebody comes along and goes, well, no, it's not happening because it's not happening till tomorrow, yeah, I'm gonna be like, well, what the fuck is that, right?
5: It
4: de- um,
3: derails your
4: whole train, doesn't
3: it? Yeah, that's so, why.
4: That's why Rob didn't like hanging out with me and my wife too much because we fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> oh no, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but no, um, with certain but,
1: things you got to have a plan though, and you got to stick to the plan. Yeah, no.
3: Oh well, me, well me, like okay, if you know. If 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 we don't have a plan for the day, or if we if we don't have a plan, then then it's fine taking it as it comes. But if we've planned a thing, and we've all and you know, and I'm prepared for the okay. Well, this is going to be the thing, and this is how it's going to go. And then somebody comes along at the last minute, like, no, nah, let's do this instead. Like, no. <laughs> <Right>? um, <laughs> but, uh, um, so I mean, I understand being Vince just kind of thrown off by the whole thing. And look, he he's I'm sure he's pissed at them. But he's also pissed at whoever didn't get word to him until after the show started that they left. Like if he like like if he found out at seven o'clock that they left, he'd probably he'd be mad at them for leaving. But you still have an hour to you know not announce the match and all that kind of
1: stuff. Right. So makes him look like an ass because now he's advertised, you know, the yeah. six pack challenge and you know, two two third one third of his. You know, one third of his main
3: event isn't there anymore. Yeah. But then also, like Nicole was saying, um, you know, the, this just opened the floodgates for these people who don't like these women to just fire up, just yeah. say a bunch of stuff they were already thinking anyway.
5: Yeah.
3: And they, they yeah. would have been thinking whether this happened or not. Um, it's just this gave them a green light to do it. And because the company putting out that statement basically made it look like, well, these girls are on you know, bad behavior. Right, and so that gave people an excuse to say a bunch of things they were already thinking, um, and you know. And then and I know we got more aspects of this to talk about, but just just in regards to how I feel about the the statement and then walking out and all that. I mean, walking out is a choice. Uh, if you're going to do it, you got to be willing to take what comes after that, as far as your employer and your yeah. coworkers. Um, but the rest of us again they didn't walk out on me right it's not like you know it's not like i was at a restaurant and i was waiting for my food to get served and then the waiter just said "fuck it and i now i got no food it wasn't right. like that yeah. right um um so i mean you shouldn't be taking this personally if you're a fan
5: right yeah. <laughs> be, yeah.
3: uh, you shouldn't i mean come on
1: I think for me, looking at it from a management perspective, I, you know, I'm never a big fan. Like you said, when you're mad, I'm never a big fan of an emotional walkout. Like you had a bad day. Okay. I had a, I had an employee about six months ago. She just had a bad day. She got and bless her heart. She had a lot going on in her life. I get it. There was just one tragedy after another, after another, it all piled on and she finally, she had a bad day. She snapped in the office and she just walked out. She just left. She's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm out of here. And she right out the door. And I was like, and I try, I'm like, and I'm a big fan of, hey, let's sit down and talk about this. What's going on with you? She took off. And, you know, I sat down with my administrator and we, you know, looked at her value versus there were some problems and things like that. And at the end of the day, then this is the problem with these emotional responses. She had regrets like by the time she got home, she thought about it for a day. She was on the phone with us the next morning saying, look, I made a mistake. You know, I I, I just I was irrational and just had so much thoughts in my head. But at that point, the damage was done. And this just piggybacks on what Rob was saying. If you're prepared to walk out, like if you feel that strongly about what you're walking out for, be prepared to stay gone. Because that may very well happen. And for anybody out there thinking that WWE, and this is not a knock on Naomi, not a knock on Sasha at all, but if anybody thinks for a moment that WWE is going to miss a step without the two of them, as much as I love the both of them as a fan, I'm not so, um, my judgment isn't so cloudy to think that WWE is going to take some huge monstrous hit for this. And there are definitely people out there that think that you know this again we're back to i i there was a guy today the in the thread that i just read to you from the uh from the guy that posted that statement in there was like he had like almost 200 comments on that post and um you know one of them was like oh wwe is going to be dead in five years you watch i'm like pal wwe is going to be dead in five years has been going on for about 40 years and you know when i think back at all the times that they've kind of done stuff like this i don't think they've done anything as blatant as they did with the press release on Sasha Naomi. But I remember a time when Vince McMahon um, very loudly proclaimed on Monday Night Raw that Marty Jannetty would never be seen in a WWE ring again, and he guaranteed it. He had brought back Marty Jannetty for an angle with Shawn Michaels, and it looked like it was leading up to Marty turning heel on Shawn and those two feuding. Well, then Marty ran into some legal trouble. WWE was kind of... Because, again, every time a wrestler gets in trouble, WWE's name gets brought up, even if what they got in trouble for has nothing to do with wrestling. So they, they distanced themselves from Marty very quickly. And you know Vince you know, said on live air, I can guarantee you Marty Jannetty will never step foot in another WWE ring. They did something very similar with the Ultimate Warrior. back. They, they hyped the Ultimate Warrior's comeback about 20, 20-something years ago. He finally buried the hatchet, brought him back. There was this big fanfare with the Ultimate Warrior. He was back for a few months. And then at least the Warrior side of it was his father had passed away. He had asked for some time off. Vince told him no. Warrior took it anyway. Well, Vince made it very public that he fired the Ultimate Warrior. So there have been instances of similar things, but nothing to this magnitude. And I just have to wonder... I, this is why I believe in my heart this whole press release was just knee-jerk. Again, Vince being emotional, and if he if he gave the green light on it, just it was just emotional. It was ill-timed, and now it's caused. As Rob and Nicola brought up, it's it's now given carte blanche to people to to have you know some pretty nasty and ridiculous takes, and and that's that's problematic, and that's a bad look for WWE right now.
3: yeah and, um so i guess you know what i've tried to do today is because another big question has come out of this was why were they even booking why were they going to book that match anyway for hell in a cell and young know, because you know because sasha and elma are tag team champions why are you why are you going to put your tag team champions in those matches and that they're going to lose but why are you going to even do that on a pay-per-view when they could be having a title defense on the pay-per-view right um and so i've tried to kind of just put it together like well, why would you do that um and well i don't know if we wanted to hit this now we wanted to wait to
1: talk let's about go ahead it. and hit it now because i have a thought and I'm, I'm gonna let you finish your thought and then i have a a theory as to why why they may have gone this route go ahead rob
3: okay so and I've been kind of rehearsing this in my head all day. So, and of course that means I overthink everything. So, <laughs> 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 but um, it's like this. All right. If you look at what's best for the, the roster, what's best for the show you want to put on, right? Uh, sometimes those are not, those are not the same thing. Um, what's, and so now Sasha and Naomi have been on this run together. It started like at the end of February. And they started teaming up. They've had various, they've had tag team matches against different, you know, you know, uh women tag teams, they've had singles matches against members of those tag teams. They've been on this run since the end of February through WrestleMania and all the way up until now. And so now we've all been looking at this like this is great, right? And Sasha and Naomi have been looking just like like basically a mission to kind of uphold and restore the integrity of the women's tag team division. And like you said, this was a, this has been like a passion project of Sasha's and Bailey's since, well, they, they started on it in, in, basically in 2018. Well, that was Rhonda's first tour, basically in WWE. My, Rhonda was on a Monday night raw. And so Monday night raw, even though her being there resulted in them having more women's matches on Monday night raw, Monday Night Raw was kind of the the Ronda Rousey experience Mm -hmm. and if you were not part of the Ronda Rousey experience they were everyone else was being put in these kind of tag team and six woman tag matches all the time and basically they were just kind of meaningless they were just you know matches for the sake of matches right and so you know Sasha and Bailey were part of the group that got put in those matches cuz they were not part of the Ronda Rousey experience <laughs> so you know they went to Vince and they bugged him all years like well look you need something for all these other folks to do um you know let's have women's tag team titles so at least all these girls who are getting put in these tag team matches have something worth you know being in all these tag team matches over
5: mm mm-hmm.
3: And it took them a year to convince him to do that um but of course we know vince barely cares about men's tag team wrestling <laughs> so yeah. um you know um so this was always going to be a tall order and like we've talked about in the show here before um depending on who's holding the belts if somebody who's already important is at least one member of the team then they'll get on tv they'll get defended you know but if not then they go into witness protection like the iconics mm. like uh, Carmelo and Zelina yeah um even even Rhea and Nikki when they were champions they were but well, they were on TV but as far as the thing the titles were in witness protection
1: and that like, was they, more you know, of a prop just to get them to split up anyway that ended up being like a whole weird thing
3: yes and and you know like you know the, the one you know and so it's We've been through that up and down with these titles. And it looked like they had finally found a sweet spot, really, where you know, you had two people who you had one well, Sasha, of course, is extremely important. So if she's holding, if she's a member of the team, they're gonna get on TV and all of that. Um and Naomi is very popular in her own right. So these are you know, so it looked like they'd finally found the sweet spot where. You had two women who were you got to put on who you're going to put on TV, and you know they can do so and they can do something good with this. Now, what I you know now y'all know I've been doing this whole thing where I've been looking at the YouTube numbers all year. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the conclusion I've come to is that if people love Sasha and Naomi as individuals. They love seeing them together. And they love them teaming together because you get to see them together. But the fan base at large, I don't think is really all that interested in the integrity of the women's tag team division. So if you are booking the pay-per-view, if you're looking at it that way, it makes for a better show that people will will say more, speak more positively about if you put these two popular women in matches for the singles titles, um, it'll make, for the people who are not us, who are not like reading about this stuff all day and talking about this stuff all day, every day, for the people who just tune in to watch the show, it's a better show for them to see Sasha, Russell Ronde, if that indeed was going to happen. I still have my doubts that it was. Right, But but it definitely makes for a better show for those people to see Naomi and Bianca rather than to see um, Sasha and Naomi beat Nikki and Doudrop on a pay-per-view um, because that match, it, it may it may very well be a very well-worked match and all of that, but it probably won't be a match that people are talking about later
1: well, after it's over. Let me interject there. And Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. WWE moving focus, we always look at like hell in the cell and all these other pay-per-views. is like the B-level pay-per-views. Like your big four are WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and Royal Rumble. Those are your big match pay-per-views. Um, so you look at Hell in a Cell, it's supposed to be a, a B-level pay-per-view. But Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, were they not moving forward looking at selling stadium shows? Like, Aren't the shows for the rest of the year all stadium shows? Or is that still a work in progress? That I believe that was still a work in progress, but it's going to be
4: the the all of the big four shows are now going to be stadium shows. I See, I
1: thought they were moving forward on all the pay per views. Is it just the big four, or is it all their? It's just, it's it's not all
3: of them. It's okay, um,
1: yeah, but it's, it's, it's way more than in the past. Definitely. All right, yeah. Well, yeah. Jason, answer me this: it, looking mm-hmm. at it from a outside the bubble standpoint, as as Rob was saying, sure. which match if you're trying to sell the gate? You know, the gate, the people at the door for Hell in the Cell, which match gets more people in the door? Sasha and Naomi tag champs versus Dewdrop and Nikki Ash or Naomi versus Bianca and or Sasha versus Ronda Rousey? I mean, it's not a shot against the,
4: the other girls, but it's not even close, unfortunately. It's right. A, a, a and and this,
1: this builds on Rob's point. The numbers don't lie. You know from a booking standpoint from a money standpoint if if you're now for me personally either one of those matches are big four pay-per-view matches like any one of those combination of girls is a big money pay-per-view match but if you have plans for those women at those pay-per-views or you don't have any plans at all for those pay-per-views in the moment but you want that match it from a booking standpoint it makes more sense now to to book those two matches separately. Now, you go into that kind of understanding that, and I believe Rob is the one who said this earlier, um, Naomi's not beating Bianca. And, and I don't. as much as I love Naomi, I don't want anybody beating Bianca anytime in the near future. But to that point, this is the problem when you have wrestlers that you really love. Somebody's got to lose. And there's a lot of women on the women's roster that I love, and I don't want to see any of them lose. But if they're going up against Bianca, I'm going to choose Bianca 99 times out of 100. Um, So, and I know I'm kind of rambling here a little bit. Um, Nicole, what are your thoughts on all that?
2: I hate when people when you all speak logically
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, yeah there's a, the internet wrestling I mean community logic. at large hates logic,
2: but it makes perfect sense, but then like according to the dirt sheets, Naomi was never gonna win, but they were gonna have dewdrop interrupt the match anyway to set something up for the tag teams down for the tag team titles down the line. So it's kind of like, if you were going in that direction anyway, why not just, you are already working on trying to like, just a little tidbits they were giving in the ring with Nikki and Dude Drop where du- Dude Drop wants Nikki to take stuff more seriously.
1: Yeah.
2: So you're already building towards that. You're giving tidbits last week showing that it's like, if your end goal was just to have her interrupt the match anyway and then set up something, then yeah. why not just set that something
1: up now? Right. And, and that's you know, where a meeting with Vince probably, if these were his intentions or this was creative's long-term two- to three-month plan, if those girls weren't informed of that and they're just looking at the, what is the next pay-per-view in three weeks?
3: Because uh, well, you held themselves on June 5th.
1: Okay, That's so we're tick- looking at three weeks out. So if these girls are only looking three weeks down the road going, why in the hell am I in a singles match that I'm going to lose when we have tag, tag team championships that could be defended and we could get two more women on the show? But if they're not looking two to three months down the road with those championships, would was there a breakdown in communication somewhere? It probably um,
3: was. Yeah, and I think um, I could very easily see – it being one of those things where once this is put in front of them, they're kind of like, okay, um, well, I put it this way. I can, I can understand being, them being suspicious mm-hmm. about this because, okay, this looks like another kind of backdoor way to de-emphasize these tag team titles again. Yeah. Because you're going to put us in these singles matches, and then there's nothing promised beyond that. Right, because you know the next show is Money in the Bank, and that's a stadium show. Because so then you got you got another excuse, you know. Well, we you know we, you know that you know booking them versus Nikki and Do job at a stadium show isn't a stadium show match, right? I
2: and mean, they were probably going to use them in Money in the Bank anyway, and
3: right. It, why wouldn't
6: you? Right. Well,
3: yeah, and that's the well. So then, yeah, I'm I'm guessing either one or both of them was is going to be in the Money in the Bank match. Um, so then that's another month on the pay-per-view where you're not going to have that. Then, then you got SummerSlam, which is also a stadium show. And so at that point, you know, again, not promised because last year they didn't, they, you know, they had a SummerSlam was a big stadium show. They had a bunch of matches and they did not have the women's tag team titles defended on that show. And they could have, you know, um, but they didn't. Uh, they Now, they, they did have Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. And if, if you're saying, well, why the hell would they do that? Because Alexa Bliss is a bigger pay-per-view interest getter than having whoever the women's tag team champions were at the time in a, a tag team match. It's the, you know the same principle, basically. So there's always going to be an excuse to not have a women's tag team title match on the pay-per-view.
5: Yeah.
3: They are always going to have an excuse. So the only way to not fall into that is you got to stop the train before it gets rolling.
2: Right. So, and can I also just throw something in here? Um, they've been advertised like just Oscar and Becky going back and forth about who's going to be number one contender. It's like y'all been basically since Oscar came back, hinting out like, they're going to go back and forth. Like we want Bianca. We want the title. Why have a six person tag match? <laughs> When literally it's right there, it's between those two.
5: Yeah. You can right. still
2: hold Becky away. You can still keep Becky away from the title. It's like last night was going to happen eventually. <laughs> Why not just have it happen as it did Monday night as it was going to happen anyway?
3: Right. <laughs> right. and and Or they could have
2: even kept Dewdrop this- and Nikki in the match because Dude Drop is a former women's champion. They just could have added somebody else, they could have threw Carmella in this- there. <laughs> As another this, former
4: champion, this whole thing was so pathetically avoidable, and they should just be holding
1: every L on this. Yeah, from a yep. PR standpoint, WWE needs to eat the L, and you know, let's let's move forward. I th- <clears throat> personally, I think as we can maybe, I don't, I don't know if there's any other angles we can hit this from, but as we circle back around and kind of bookend this whole thing. I think at the end of the day, cooler heads are going to prevail. There have been worse things happen behind WWE closed doors where people have ironed it out. People have I mean, look at the situation with Ali. Ali was on Twitter begging for his release, turned down a, a spot in the Royal Rumble. That's how bad he wanted out. Like he said, no, I don't want a spot in the Rumble. I want out of my contract. This is where we were with Ali. Now Ali is on regular TV. And according to Rob today, he's back on the he's back on the touring loop.
3: Yeah, he sent so, a tweet saying here yes, yeah, say here I'm I'm you know, basically I'm back on the road and he, back on the road. Dates.
1: So if they so if they could iron things out with Ali over a much, in my opinion, a much bigger creative disagreement, then I think they can iron this whole thing out with, with Sasha and Naomi. I think this is literally one meeting away from okay, what are we doing? Why did this happen? What do we need to do to fix it? Like I it's it's really that simple as long as you know, everybody comes comes to the table with something and not just, uh, you know, hey, my feelings were hurt. You know, come to the table with some substance and say, look, this is what I think is a better idea than what you presented me Monday night. And I think if everybody can do that, then I think in 30 days, 60 days, this is a non-issue. And, and this just gets swept right under the carpet with all the other stuff.
3: Yeah, and now I guess the thing is, you know, uh, how persistent or Sasha name and we going to be about this tag team division thing. Um, and also, I mean, okay, I don't want to sound like I'm advocating for people to be unemployed, but this is another one of those situations where you have to ask, okay, why did y'all sign all these people? Okay. If you're going to have a dozen women on each show, on the roster for each show. Like, why are you doing that if you're just going to have, on any given week, five or six of them doing nothing? Right. Um, If you're only going to and look, given the situation with, you know, women's championship singles titles, no, you're not going to have 10 women hold the singles title in over a two or three-year period. I mean, for the title to be important, obviously only a few people should ever win it. All right, so if you're going to sign all these women, you know at least half of them are never going to hold those two singles titles. They need something to fight for. Otherwise, why did you sign all of these women? Yeah, right.
1: We've got way Um, too many people sitting in the back and not on TV. Now, granted, um, some of them are out on the road, which is fine. And some of these people are perfectly happy with just running the road loop until. You know, they just want to wrestle. They yep. want to be part of the show. They want to be regular. They want to be getting paid on a regular basis. And if you find something for them on TV, they're fine. But again, you've got so many women. There are plenty of women where they can put together tag teams. And we were talking to the Discord chat earlier today, and, and Nick brought up a, a good point. He's like, you know, but there's no established tag teams. Well, no tag team is established. It takes two people to look at each other one day and say, hey, maybe we, you know, we got nothing going on. You know, look at um what the hell were they? The the fashion the fashion police. Yeah. They had nothing yeah. going on singles wise. And they finally looked at each other and said, Hey, why will we put something together? Let's try and get ourselves on TV. You know, and and granted, it was probably easier for Tyler Breeze and in Fandango to do that than you know, than any two women on the show would, which again, we're gonna dig into that discussion a little bit later. But <clears throat> you know, there's there's plenty of women out there too to get their heads together and, and make tag teams that could, they could put on TV in a, a legitimate tag team division.
3: Right. Cause look, you have them there. Like, right. Like we're not telling you to go out and sign some women to have a tag team division. Like we're telling you that you have, you have the women there to have a tag team division. Right. So you should do it. Um, and because, you know, and again, i'm not I'm not advocating for releases here. i'm I'm saying, why did y'all do that in the first place? Um, and um because after a while, I mean, I mean, yeah, okay, so you have your top women. you need some other people, basically, for those top women to beat when they're not fighting each other. Yes, um, but beyond that, if you're not going to come up with something substantial for the other women, then then what are we doing here? Um, and so, like I said, there's always going to be an excuse to keep to not have a women's tag team title match on the pay-per-view. Right. Yeah. U- until WrestleMania, of course, because then you then you got to do it to say, hey, look, everybody. Right. I mean, uh, but they're always going to have an excuse not to do it. Um, and. You know, it's, it's high time that basically, I mean. You you just need to look at them and be like, well, what in the hell? Yeah. Um
1: Jason, you got any parting thoughts on this?
4: No, everybody's right. I mean, it's just a mess. Um, but, uh, I mean, as the, like kind of what you were talking about, we've what we've mentioned on the show a couple of times, hey, man, if you're not happy at your job, you know, quit. Get out of there. You know, be it, you know, whatever. Money, you know, you're not happy, whatever. My, I guess after this, my two cents after that would be, just don't quit in the middle of your shift.
1: Right. Yeah. Wait Wait so. until the end of the day or, or something. Um, do you think this is fixable? Oh, yeah. I oh, think yeah.
4: everybody can come to the table and yeah. get get something together. I hope, you know, because, you know, they've proven in the past they can be agreeable. Um, so I think cooler heads will prevail. Uh, I think it's just dumb that it got to this point. And, you know, the the PR nightmare that is will or can ensue, you know, will be deserved. Yeah. But, but right, hopefully Nicole, they like, can nip it. Our, hopefully they can nip it before that happens. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't Nicole. be shocked if by Friday it's nipped in the bud. Yeah. Or if they've been talking since yesterday or today. Yeah. And I'm fairly sure off. Vince sent
1: out texts or phone calls early this, yesterday morning. Because you know that dude don't sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He... <laughs> yeah. He
4: called each of them at like, you know, 7 a.m. And he was waiting until 7 a.m. He thought that was the least he
1: could do. He, he left the gym at 7 a.m. Right. Went right. to 7.15.
2: Text- <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, like, I'll be calling you in 15 minutes.
1: Right. I'll, I'll let them sleep in. Uh, Bruce, right. do you think they're sleeping? I don't know, Vince. I'm still sleeping.
2: Uh, can so. I throw in a random thing that I get tired of seeing? People sure. are like, well, they should get rid of the tag titles and they should have – a women's intercontinental championship if they can't do something with the tag titles what makes anybody think that they would do anything with a women's intercontinental championship
1: absolutely and we've talked about that on this show before whether or not they should implement a a women's intermediate title or mid-level title and while my heart says yes my head says no for all the reasons you just mentioned if they're not going to dedicate themselves to the tag team championships, they're not going to dedicate themselves to a, a women's U.S., a women's intercontinental. It, right. so it'll, she- be, it'll be just as lazily booked and missing, but it will involve two
4: people instead of four at minimum. That's yeah, nice. and
3: then and – so- then- Right, and then and then here okay, here's my little here's my little slide oh, something in here moment.
1: I okay. thought we got I thought we got <laughs> because past at the beginning <laughs> of the show. Because
3: <laughs> if, 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 if they implement a US or intercontinental women's title, it's only a matter of time. Be, you know, well I'm gonna have to hear all the complaints because we know who's gonna eventually win it.
1: Shoehorn Charlotte.
4: <laughs> all right.
3: Shoe and Charlotte, the, Char- right. the
4: Charlotte, the weekly Charlotte Flair Open Challenge for the uh Women's United States Championship. That'll be oh, awesome, it
3: would be, it would be excellent, but I, except for the fact that I'd have to be seeing all these people complain all the time, and I don't really, I really wouldn't want to see that
1: it, okay. because the roster is so stacked right now, it'd be like 23 weeks of Charlotte burying people, is what you would see on Twitter, right? I mean, well, yeah, exactly. You buried everybody. You know, she uh, buried yeah. the whole roster week in and week out. Yeah,
3: I mean, so, but no, I mean, I'll, but let's you know, again, silly stuff aside here.
1: Yeah.
3: Um. There's, yeah, unless the philosophy changes. Um, and, I mean, I do have a bunch of number of stuff I can run through here if we want to do it now or later. Um, but it kind of justifies doing more with the other women on the roster.
1: Yeah. Let's table uh-huh. that discussion for another night because we've got a couple okay. other things we got to burn through tonight. And I know, I know, the numbers discussion can get can get can pretty on. deep, pretty deep down the hole.
3: Yeah, let right. Let's let's wait on that. And yeah.
1: So let's piggyback off what we've been discussing and pick up kind of where we left off last week. We started a dialogue last week about some comments that uh, Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon in WWE and NXT, uh, had made about her her time in NXT, her time in on the main roster. And it's we failed to bring up some things that her discussion brought to light. And we started off down that road and then we kind of diverged and it kind of turned into, I won't say a burial of her per se, although I think we this panel unanimously agreed that while she's a fantastic wrestler and she had a fantastic entrance, she she failed to kind of give us more character. But that really wasn't the discussion that we meant to have or that we wanted to have. And uh, some things that she had made a comment about were that she sat through a two-hour creative meeting where basically all the women were told to look a certain way, dress a certain way, and that just speaks volumes to a larger problem, not only in WWE, but in the wrestling industry. This is a very visual medium, and... There's going to be a lot of people that feel like it's very sexist towards women. I would argue that it is sexist both ways um, because there, there's a reason why for decades guys in the industry have been called body guys. Um, that, that term that term is there for a reason, and it's basically a guy who looks good without a shirt on, standing in his underwear in the ring. And there are a lot of body guys who were put in the ring because they look good who couldn't wrestle worth the shit. Um, but, Nicole, I'm going to let you start here because you had made some some comments about um, identifying with what she was talking about, being a, a dark-skinned black woman. And I want to kind of jump off from there and, and kind of get your thoughts on that.
2: Well, just like, well, ugh, let me get my thoughts together here.
1: Sorry, I know I put um, you on the spot there. It's,
2: oh, no, you're fine. But just from like the whole two hour thing and dressing a certain way, and it's like you look at like the main roster, and it's like people come in a lot of the women come in there in jeans, t shirt, like before the shows. Like, the only time they really dress up, dress up is like. WrestleMania, like, cause you see it with like the backstage stuff when they do like the twenty fours. Everybody when it's WrestleMania weekend, everybody's coming dressed to the nines. Yeah, well, to let me, come let me in.
1: Pause you there. Do you think they meant dress up in your Sunday best or dress up in something that shows your body off, like booty shorts and you know crop tops, things like that?
2: I'm not gonna say the booty shorts and crop tops because she made it seem like they were talking more about like. Because a lot of the women that, like, outside of, like, the women that have, like, a thing, like, a gimmick, and their gimmick is a part of, like, whatever their attire is. Like, right. Wendy Woo. Is it Wendy Woo? Or Wendy Chew? Wendy Chew. With yeah. the With the, Wendy one, with the sleeping one. Yeah, with the onesie. Like, her with the onesie, like, that makes sense for what she does. Right. But, like, maybe it was. Like, the way she made it sound, like, it was more, like, just her overall appearance. Is what she made it sound like, like the two-hour thing. I don't know if it was more. She didn't make it seem like it had to be more like her gear, cause her, cause her gear that she wore, she wore shorts. Yeah. And like I, a kind of tank top thingy. So I thought like, her
1: gear was <laughs> very revealing and fla- it, and flattering to her body.
2: Right. So I'm like, it can't be the gear because she's in shorts and like a like a crop top tank top. <laughs> Right. So, so it was more like on, like when sh- more of like the like coming your Sunday best, but dress this way, dress that way, you know, look like this or that. Because who knows? Uh, I'm pretty sure, like if you're just coming in and you're getting ready to do NXT, no one is coming inside like dressed to the nines just to come in to do a two hour show and then go right back home. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Now I think it was more <laughs> like. Uh, I think on, it wasn't necessarily like the ring gear, but just like like the clothes that they wear during other segments. Like, cause you see the way that you know Mandy and the other girls in Toxic Attraction, they're they're always like, even if it's a promo segment if they're walking around, like they're always you know dressed pretty revealing. Um, and I I think she might have been more so referring to that kind of thing. Um, because. Like before, when it was still black and gold, you know, NXT, you saw the way that like Mia and Tegan Knox, a lot of them were dressed, you know, flannel shirts and jeans and whatnot and wasn't all that. So I think there was, I think she's saying basically that they were told, you know, that not again, not the ring gear per se, but like the clothes they wear during other segments to, mm-hmm. I guess, be sexier with that. And I,
2: which is kind of odd considering, like, the stuff that she wore, it wasn't like she was being slouchy. She was wearing stuff that fit who she was.
1: <laughs> right. And basically what she was was a Mad Max character, is what I interpreted.
2: Like, with the jeans. And she was still, It's not like she was completely covered up. She was still, like, in jeans or in shorts and, like her you know had like a crop top or something or like it's not mm-hmm. like she was fully buttoned up which i don't understand it's like the girls even transitioning from black and gold to now it's not like like oh even now like some of the girls when they're not in the ring they still dress comfortably they're not fully covered but they're not like dressing like mandy rose and toxic attraction they're just dressed to fit who they are as a character or a person
1: yeah i guess i don't even know how to like leap off on this it's an (laughs) age-old adage that sex sells and let's be honest we whether we are men into women women into men men into men women into women we enjoy what we enjoy for our eyes and and we find attractive what we find attractive, and this has long been a thing in in TV, movies, wrestling. They tend to put what are the how do I put this the there's I guess social norms for what the general person considers pretty. You know, my definition of attraction is different from Rob's definition of attractive, different from Nicole's, different from Jason's. I'm attracted to very different things like I can look at Barbie doll pretty and say yeah she's very pretty but then I can look at a Ruby Soho who is very non-traditional more of an alt girl suicide girl type thing and and look at her and say I personally find her very attractive but for the the, the general audience it just seems like People have and um, somebody help me out here because I don't think I'm wording this properly.
3: Um, um, there there's I guess there is kind of an archetype for what is considered, I guess, a good-looking woman in the minds of people who were in charge of stuff. Basically, um, you know, and for a long time that was you know for, look for no, I mean. And because, well, Ember said herself before she'd been told before that she didn't look like a, like a diva, right? And that was, right. was why she had trouble getting signed in the first place. Um, and, and, the, and, well, there's just kind of, in the back of a lot of people's minds, there's always this kind of fear that some thing will happen to send us back to the attitude era with the women, with the mm-hmm. bikini matches and the, you know, and the, the pillow fights and all of that. And that, you know, that there's, there's always kind of a kind of suspicion or fear. And I would say it's not, it's not irrational, by the way, right? worried about that. Um, but there is kind of just a worry that, you know, all it takes is one or two things. And then we could very well be back there um because you know and and we can look at things like well what happens when the horsewomen retire right and what you know what happens when you don't have this group of women that kind of force you to have quote-unquote real wrestling matches right Right. um or what happens when this person isn't there anymore what happens when that person's not there anymore? what happens if you know stephanie mcmahon decides she doesn't want to be an active part of the company anymore and And she's not there to speak, say anything or what, you know, or what happens if, you know, Johnny Laurenitis gets too much power in the company or right. And God, I hope that never happens. Right. But I mean, there are (laughs) these, you know, there are people worried that, you know, one or a few things could happen and take us right back to that era. Um, And look, I mean, look, there has been definitely a tonal shift in how the women on NXT are dressing um, since 2.0. Yes. Um, and you know, you, you gotta know, it's, it's pretty easy to notice. And so if you're her, if you're Ember in this particular case, I mean, so you were there before that happened and then you see it happen. And then there's a meeting where they, you know, where it was suggested. And of course, you know, what that, when, when they suggested in a meeting like that, they're basically telling you to do it. Yeah. Um, so you see all that going on i mean so yeah i mean i i can see where it would you know definitely raise red flags for her um and to be honest um a lot of the well i, mean, I guess the other thing is that her concerns were just so quickly dismissed by people on twitter and that was kind of disturbing uh because i mean she was immediately branded a hater by a lot of people or that, you know, well, she's just mad because she got released or, you know. And I think, honestly, a, a lot of people were upset because, look, I mean, you, we, we all seen like the timeline on Tuesday during NXT. And there are just some dudes in particular just be, being just complete horn dogs during the whole show. And she kind of threw some cold water on that, you know, by yeah. basically suggesting that, hey, you know what? These girls aren't choosing to do that for you guys. they They were told to do that. Yeah. And, and that kind of puts a damper on things, right? Um and so that some people did not like that she did that. And you know, and it turned into basically you know, let's find some way or some reason to discredit what she's saying. Um and when in reality we should all listen to what she's saying and Look, if over time her concerns turn out to be unfounded then okay, right? But we should listen and she's speaking from her own personal experience also. Um and she did mention some of the some of the girls weren't particularly comfortable with that. Um So those are not things you should dismiss at all. Um you should think about that and they should be kind of they deserve some scrutiny for for that. Because, right, and those of us who've been, who've been watching this stuff long enough, yeah, you, you, should, you should never let them off the hook with this stuff because we know what the default position is with booking women's wrestling, right? We know the default position is not what they're doing now, okay? We know that. We know that they're doing what they're doing now because of pressure and arm twisting and all other kinds of stuff. And because they have some women there now who are just not going to be out, who are just not going to stand for it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but we know what the default position is (laughs) with this. We know the default position is the pillow fights and all of that. Okay.
2: Right. And two Um, minute matches.
3: (laughs) Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right.
3: So we, we know that. So, you should not dismiss what Ember is saying simply because it rained on your little Tuesday, you know, horny parade. <laughs> right? <I> mean...
1: <laughs> Jason, you got any thoughts here? No, I think we're pretty well covered. I've pretty well covered what I've- my angle on everything. Okay. Nicole, you got anything else with this?
2: Um, like Rob said... A lot of people dismissed what she said. I was probably one of those people when it first came out that just kind of dismissed it. But then also, yeah, we did. I think we, did, people did dismiss what she says. Like she had valid concerns. And as he stated, like she wasn't the only person who had an issue with, you know, being told to dress differently. Like you never know what somebody's comfort level is or how they feel about themselves. And to tell somebody like, yeah, we want you to dress like so and so and so and so. Right. But it's like, I'm not that person.
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, if I'm not performing, I should be able to, you know, like, it's not like, like, like we said, like, it's not like these girls are out here just not wearing, like, you know, being fully covered. They're still dressed, they're, com- they're dressed comfortably. They are still showing skin. And it's like, as long as they are, look presentable, and what they wear fits their character. Why should it matter? But like you said, sex sells, and people are gonna or rather management is gonna want a certain look, and they're gonna ask or require that of people. And if people don't, then management may take offense to it.
1: Yeah. And this happens in other areas. I've read an article once with uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Her initial um, Scarlet Witch costume had a bit of cleavage cleavage, and she was not happy about it she wasn't comfortable with it i like her suit better now (laughs) it looked good it looked fine dr strange her suit looked awesome by the time we made it to dr strange in the multiverse of madness but again this comes down to um one comfort level and and there are some people out there that are very comfortable in their body they're very comfortable in their shape and they're very comfortable with flaunting it You know, it's and and I'm a big proponent of if you've got it and you're comfortable with it, flaunt it. You know, I obviously I am very visual and, Mm -hmm. you know, if I think something looks attractive on someone or they look attractive wearing something, I enjoy it. But I'm also, you know, cognizant of not everybody's comfortable with a certain amount of clothing or a certain lack thereof of clothing. (laughs) Um, But you can also dress conservatively and still look sexy. You know, if that's what they're going for on TV, I you know, I've seen Stephanie McMahon run every end of the spectrum. I've seen Stephanie go out there in short nothing to the imagination leather skirts and look sexy as hell, and I've seen her come out there in damn near calf-length skirts, you know, like what do they call them the uh pencil skirts? Yeah. A- in a business, you know, business casual attire and look every bit as sexy. So it's just a very, I, I don't know, it's its hard to put a finger on it because, again, like I said earlier, this is a very visual medium. And this is a medium that has had people, as Jason says all the time, it's grown-ups settling their differences in their underwear. And whether they're men or women, they're going out there in various stages of undress. And I'm sure there are a lot of women, and I, I know there are a lot of women, who love the hell out of seeing Roman Reigns without a shirt on. Like, for Roman Reigns and a lot of women on the internet, him losing that that S.H.I.E.L.D. era vest was the best thing to ever happen to them.
2: I can attest to this.
1: Okay. <laughs> there, were, there were Twitter accounts. The day accounts.
2: he came out there without that vest and took his shirt off, Twitter was ridiculous that evening. Twitter got
1: pregnant that <laughs> night.
2: They absolutely
5: got <laughs> pregnant that night.
1: It was ridiculous in the best way. <laughs> I laugh about it because, hey, it, it, women are horny, too. You know, it's is there's some out there that may tell you differently, but I, I talk to my girlfriend all the time. She's like, oh, yeah, women are just as bad as the men sometimes. Actually, they are as bad as the I men. See it
2: as- on the, I see it on the timeline every day, especially on Mondays and Fridays. <laughs>
1: there were whole twitter accounts dedicated to finn bauer's abs not just his abs but below the belt too um like whole accounts like nothing but pictures of finn bauer's crotch and finn bauer's abs and then there was like a period of time where he was doing the thing with the baby oil on the abs Oh god! like yeah and there was like a whole thing went on for like six months he was like there was one where he was like sitting there And he's just sitting there, he's shirtless and he's got his abs. Looks like he just left the gym. He's all sweaty. Because he knows exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. That's one (laughs) of those things. So it's just one of those things. If you're comfortable with it, great. But if you're not, you shouldn't be made to feel inferior or feel like you're less important or less of a person because that's outside your comfort zone, or that's not really what your character is. Toxic attraction—it's in the gimmick. The toxic attraction—they're going to go out. It's their gimmick, and in their comfort, I would assume, in their comfort zone, to go out and look and dress and act a certain way. When you take an Ember Moon, her character was warrior goddess. You know, for as much as we got of warrior goddess, you know, and I, so I always thought of her as more of a post-apocalyptic Mad Max esque character. That's how I interpreted it. So I would not expect that to be out in like a two piece bikini. No. Right. Right. So, anybody got anything else to add on that segment? I don't think we covered everything we wanted to, but
3: I, I think we I think we did a good job of I think we get into the stuff we didn't get to last week.
1: Okay. Yep. All right. So the last thing we left last episode off on a cliffhanger. We started to talk about Eric Bischoff. And his comments on Tony Khan and AEW and, you know, how he thinks AEW is currently being run. And I'm not saying book because I think in his comments he did say that Tony was a good booker. But it's more in general on how he's running that company. And a lot of people sounded off. CM Punk sounded off. And kind of he didn't – I don't think he directly – addressed eric but he had like a back-ended comment on the whole thing and i know rob you started to have some comments and i kind of cut you off for time and you know i wanted to lead into you know this week's episode leading off from last week's episode take us back into what we were talking about you know last week when we left off
3: okay so um eric was saying basically that tony runs his show for he says, well, Eric basically said like there a, a thousand people in the room. Tony runs his show for the hunt for a hundred people. Whereas WWE is trying to run its show for like the other 900 people. Right. And that basically that he's limiting himself by doing that. And now Conrad was argument was that. The the show that he's booking for the hundred people is better than the show that the WWE is booking for the nine hundred people, and Eric's response was basically that like, look, you're in a it's a business. You're trying to make that most money you can, so it's better to go for the nine hundred than the
1: one hundred. Okay, let me. So what were con because I didn't listen to it. I haven't listened to it yet. I know you shared. The okay. tweet. What were Conrad? Because everybody always says, "Oh, AEW is better than WWE." What is your metrics visually? And I, Nicole, do you watch AEW at all? <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: I I can count on one hand how many times I have watched, and it has all been because of trying to see like Big swallower Jade. That okay. is it.
1: <laughs> so Jason, as far as I know, has probably watched more AEW than anybody on this panel. So I'm going to defer what I'm about to say mostly to him. And Jason, I want you to look at this objectively, not as an e-drone, because, you know, we're all e-drones <laughs> here. Right. Okay. From a production standpoint, from a match quality standpoint, from a an entertainment standpoint, would you say, being objective, now be fair here. Is AEW, as an overall production, putting on a better show than WWE? No.
4: I mean, no. The I mean, I think the only thing they'd really have them beat on is match quality, just in terms of they're going to have a few good to excellent matches on every single show. Okay. Um, but everything else... Um, And I mean that in a bell-to-bell sort of way, not even like the characters and the stories
1: behind said matches. I just mean like hold for hold. And that's what I want. I wanted a fair, honest answer. Is there something they're doing better than WWE is? And is that overall better than what WWE is putting out as a product? Right. And the answer is no. So that's the distinct advantage. And I feel like that doesn't make or break a show. And this is the nuance of this discussion that everybody, because everybody will say, oh, AEW is putting out a better a better product than WWE, but AEW, these same people will tell you, well, WWE is not wrestling. It's sports entertainment. I'm like, okay, well, now you're comparing apples and oranges. If you're going to separate the two shows, you cannot compare AEW, the wrestling show, with WWE, the entertainment show. And this goes back to what Bischoff was saying about WWE booking for the other 900 people. Well, maybe 800 of those 900 people don't really care for wrestling, but they care for some of the other stuff, whether it's the eye candy of the men, the eye candy of the women, or the goofy wedding segments the of they do. The 24-7 championship.
2: The 24-7 yep.
1: championship. Maybe there's something else on there that they find that's more important to them. And I think, it, just in, in my interpretation, I think that's what Eric was trying to say. And in that essence, you can't even compare what AEW is doing because they are appealing to a very niche crowd. And we've said this for, you know, the year and a half that we've been doing this show. It, they, they appeal to the wrestler's wrestler. And that's fine. You know, that there's, there's absolutely a place for that. But to compare the two and say that AEW is putting out a better show than WWE, I think is absolutely ridiculous. I would also argue that if you peel away the ridiculousness and really just shut off what you think you know, there's some damn fine wrestling going on on WWE, WWE program. There may not be minute to minute as much, but what they're doing is damn fine work. Yeah, it's yeah. totally
3: great. And so I would say, because I mean, you can just look at the timeline while Dynamite is on. Like I mean, you'll see people saying that, oh, this match was great. And then, you know, twenty minutes later, these same people would be like, Well, man, well, this part of the show was some shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, that happens every Wednesday night. Um and so I mean what Eric is basically, he's saying that, because he, he said that well, he's even said this there's a lot of aspects of AEW that he personally prefers. Like like he's at a point now where he doesn't like the you know, you know, the overly polished way that wwe can be on television but he said that he's even but he's even said himself that as a personal preference right he's yeah admitted, and he says that that is probably not the best way to do things you know the kind of rough around the edges way of your product looking is probably not the best way to do things that attract the biggest audience and because i can tell you like just people that you know I've, who are not wrestling fans that i've if I've been like flipping channels on the TV and I've flipped by Ring of Honor or Impact or something else, a very common thing that they say is, man, this looks bootleg. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, that does kind of, you know, yes, that that does. You, you there are people you're not going to reach because they're going to look at your kind of grittier product that is suited, you know, that is geared towards this Smaller people—they're gonna people gonna look at that like, like, like yeah, like it looks bootleg, right? Um, just like I mean, it was like you know, garage band versus bands that play in stadiums, right? There are people who really love garage bands and who will go watch a garage band play in the garage and think it's the greatest thing ever, and then there are people who are like, man, I'm not watching that, I'm not listening to that shit. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh it's the same kind of thing um and i think eric feels that tony does isn't just isn't trying to reach the bigger group of people and they're kind of banking on that well for these thousand people that we do these hundred people that we do reach they think we're the greatest thing ever and also we have this kind of cheering section in the wrestling media that is basically has been you know propping us up for three years because they very badly want the wrestling war to be a thing um
1: wrestling war drives traffic rob
3: well i know and wrestling (laughs) war eventually drives smaller company out of business yes absolute facts (laughs) you know Ask, um, ask ring of honor yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, wrestling war kills companies. Um, but they, but you know, but they, um, but because this, this all kind of plays into the fact that this, you know, this TV deal that's going to be coming up next year and the fact that Warner Media is under new management. So now um, there are some real questions as to what AEW's future under Warner Media is going to be and so now people are making arguments like because the guy was the WrestleNomics guy Brandon Thurston yeah and um now I'll give him credit he does really good at looking up numbers um but he makes these ridiculous takes and one of them is that he thought well he thought that you know AW could get like a five-time increase from what they're making right now which is the most ludicrous thing you could you know I mean come on
1: they'll be lucky to get what they got last time at the rate they're going
3: Right, and so right now, um, because we honestly don't know what's going to happen, you know, people are making the argument that well, that they have this better product, and that's why they're going to be okay. Um, but then it comes down to well, do they have a better product, really? Better
1: um, is a is a case of personal preference, and people need to. It's like Coke versus Pepsi. You know, some people like Coke, some yeah. people like Pepsi. Doesn't mean Coke is better than Pepsi or vice versa. It just means you like it better. And I, I don't understand the better discussion. I mean, Coke yeah. is
4: better
3: than Pepsi, though. I mean, in I my agree.
1: opinion, I agree with you, Jason.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you got, going you got to make unanimous, your your Nicole? Coke better than Pepsi? I don't
2: really drink Pops like that. Well, I don't drink Coke or Pepsi like that, but I would grab a Coke before I grabbed a Pepsi. There
3: All right. There we go.
1: Okay. Well, that's
3: <laughs> four for four. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, it's just, you know, again, um, the argument, the argument for AEW, is that they, they put on a better product. The argument, but people are saying that in the face of, well, they're not doing nowhere near as much business as WWE. And ultimately, you run the business to make as much money as you can. So, I mean, WWE is obviously doing better at that. And then, but again, people go back to, well, AEW is better and and it's just a question with no
1: real metrics as to why they're better beyond their own opinion
3: right and then and and the metrics on their overall success are not what they used to be um like if you again and as you know we've said before the, the actual tv audience number is not particularly reliable but just looking at like audience kind of trends and whatnot uh they've been trending downward somewhat, or at least, or at least flat, yeah, over the mm-hmm. past year. Um, so, and we know with WWE that you know they go down when Monday Night Football is on, they go down when the NBA playoffs are on, and then they come back up, and and you know you know that. Um, so they're they're not flat, and you you know when it's going to go up, you know when it's going to go down, you know that if Brock Lesnar is there on for an episode, it's going to go up. You know if roman is not there and that it, it will likely go down you know if roman shows up on monday night it will go up for monday night
5: Yeah. um
3: you kind of know all of those things um and with aew it, you know that they're kind of flat right now they're not really moving and you know and then and it just it's a it's a cause of concern and right now the only real reply people have was well they put on a better show you know,
2: yeah, but that better uh-huh. show is not bringing anybody over.
3: Like right. you, basically,
2: right. his what the audience he has—that is his core audience. That's the only people that he wants to cater to anyway. He doesn't want to change anything because he wants to keep just that ten people, that ten percent of people in a room. He just wants those people, and it's like it's not going to get any better if you don't evolve, change a little bit.
1: Let me let me ask you this, Nicole. You're not somebody who watches what could AEW do to draw your interest?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie and say, well, there needs to be more women's matches because I'm like, I'm only watching for certain people anyway. Right. I'm not an indie girl. I'm not somebody who was like, oh, I know this person from the indies, or I watched Ring of Honor, or I watched, you know, um Stardom, or any of those. I'm like, I am I strictly got into wrestling because of WWE it's what I know (laughs)
5: right okay
2: but it's like if I was somebody who would just happen to turn to it like I get they have this indie look okay you want to be like an indie promotion quote unquote then do that stop putting the people that you started out with like yeah we're like yeah we're gonna have all these people we're gonna make stars but it's like those people that you say you're gonna make stars, they're sitting in the back or they're on dark. And like I don't understand like you said you're you don't wanna be like WWE or like we're we're better than them, but it's like but a lot of your top talent are people that were there that yeah. you push currently. Like hang handma- han hand, uh,
5: hangman page. <laughs> 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 like
2: the little bit that I have watched, I like him. <laughs> And that's somebody I'm... And, and it's like, why aren't you using more of those people that you brought in when you first started the company and focus on them? Like, where's Miro? <laughs> like, right. you made a big deal about bringing him over. Like, I feel like if you want to be, you quote-unquote, you, you're not WWE, stop using all the talent that left WWE. I get that you have to, you know, bring in big names or whatever, but like, that shouldn't be your only focus.
1: <laughs> right. And that's what it's become. It's it's less about yeah, yeah, they probably have some really good wrestling matches, but their programming has almost exclusively been around centered around, you know, who's the big reveal this week. Like this week, it's you know, uh John Mor- John Morrison, right? Yes. Yep. Yep, they brought wow. him in this week as the That's so the, the, exciting. The quote unquote <laughs> joker of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole's now Nicole's gonna tune in. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: that is so amazing. Uh, that's what it took for me to watch,
1: was John Morrison. What haven't I seen him do before? <laughs> so, Jason, what would draw you back in? Like, I know you said you started to tune out in the last couple of months, and, you know, for various reasons. What could AEW do to turn the corner with you? Uh, honestly, I've been just quietly
4: watching it again while we were recording stuff, and it's been fine-ish. It's just every time I get involved, I get in, it's the Bucks or somebody cutting some promo about, you know, we didn't get loved enough by WWE or, you know, they never loved you or blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's just the little brother, the as more of the little brother mentality washes away, uh, the more involved I get. And um, I'm I mean, I'm all in on uh Brian Danielson and William Regal and that whole stable, the black uh, was it Blackmore Fight Club. They're they're fantastic. So
1: yeah. I don't know. That's, I did uh, Regal Moxley and Brian, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, Wheeler Utah. I don't even know who that is. So,
4: I've heard him know. thrown around yeah. on
1: the internet, but I don't yeah, know. He's good. About
4: him. Is he good? He's okay. great. Yeah, I saw him at a at a Beyond show recently. Actually, yeah, oh, uh, he cool. was awesome. Uh but anyway, uh yeah, I don't know, just the the little brother stuff. Just yeah. stop.
2: It's annoying. It's like get like it's been what every time it's just annoying. Like that's one of the main things that pushed me that I tried to give them a try like the first couple of weeks when they when you know they first got their show and they started airing. I was like I'm not going to be that person that's just like I'm not going to watch it because they're the competition. But it's right. like you can only harp on Vince didn't love me enough for so long. Right. (laughs) Or Tony, like, we're not the other guys. Okay, but what are you then?
1: (laughs) We're not the other guys. I told you. Nope.
2: (laughs) That does nothing for me. What are you then?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rob, how about you? I know you're like me. I don't think you've watched anything more than what you can find on YouTube or what comes across your Twitter feed. What Um, would turn the corner with you and AEW and give you a reason to watch?
3: Like, to watch regularly? Man i mean I'm, I'm very kind of set in my ways uh as far as what i watch now to get me to tune in and watch regularly i mean they'd have to sign there are two people that have to sign i mean you know <laughs> and, uh, two people, and, and two people and two people two people who have virtually zero chance of going there um because you know i don't think you know the uh you know, I don't think we're not going to see Joe Anawahi the uh Hell the tribal no. boss over there. I mean
2: no.
3: was the Should, I would watch. Shane,
4: <laughs> but, let's be real, guys. Shane not, Shane would be out of the will before Roman gots, gets out of his contract.
3: Right. Probably. And then and then the other thing is you know, we're not going to see Ashley Flair as all elite. That's not going to happen. Um okay. <laughs> so as far as getting me to watch regularly you know they'd have they'd have to sign both of them right um and that's not neither one of them is going there that's not going to happen um not i do catch certain things like um i've watched like keith lee and Swerver, a tag team and i have watched i really i've watched their matches and i really like them as a tag team they work really well together they're really fun to watch um I will watch some of the, you know, the Brian Daniels and stuff. I've watched some of those matches. Um, But, I mean, you know, at this point, look, I like WWE-style televised pro wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, there are other shows I will watch. Like, I I used to watch Ring of Honor, and I watched it as, but I watched it as a departure, right? Right. Right you know or you know if i watch some new japan stuff i watch it because okay this is different and you know i'm in the mood for a different thing um for me like aew really isn't different enough right it to me it it's not something that is distinctly different that you will watch as a departure right Mm -hmm. or if you want to watch like like some of like the triple a stuff that you know that's just so like bonkers and just you know, they're all over the place doing all types of crazy stuff. If you're, you know, but if you're in the mood for that, then then that's cool, right? Yeah. But to me, like, it's what they do over there in 8 a- is not different enough for me to watch as a departure. And it just kind of feels like they're just telling you that, well, you need to watch us because we're better. It's like, well, y'all do a whole lot of the same stuff. Right. Uh, and, you know, y- you're not really doing it better, <laughs> right? I mean... yeah. You know, um, y'all do silly stuff, too. Y'all had a Mimosa match where Chris Jericho got dunked in a tank of Mimosa, right? And, And you had people, you had Chris Jericho and MJF break out in the song in the middle of the show, right? I mean, they, you know, and so to me, well, no, it's not really that different. So the thing I'm already watching where I already have a bunch of people I know and love to watch, I'm just going to keep watching that and unless you guys bring some people over there that you know I just have to tune in to see then I'm really not going to be that interested and then if on top of that you want to insult me for being a WWE fan and I'm really not going to be that interested in watching your little show.
1: Now that's that's the kicker for me. You know, I've been watching WWE for the better part of 40 years, much like Rob has. We were there at the birth of Hulkamania and, you know, almost every point in between. It's become habit, yes. Um, Is it the only form of wrestling that I know and I've been indoctrinated? No, I've watched more wrestling than most of the IWC has. I've probably forgotten more wrestling than most of them have watched. But with AEW, I started off right out of the gate excited for it. Then they started in with the well, if you watch WWE, you're not sophisticated enough to watch AEW. And I'm just, I started to tune out from there. What it would take for me to actually tune in to watch AEW on a regular basis, one, I'd have to have a very understanding girlfriend because she tolerates my WWE stuff. You know, and I (laughs) don't even watch it regularly. Like I am two weeks behind on TV simply because I got to try and find a day to carve out to watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and all that stuff. Um, and you know, I'm about to go on a, to a four day hard rock festival, so it's definitely not going to be this weekend. Um, but, you know, I'd have to she would have to be tolerant for one that I'm going to be watching another wrestling program um, Two, they would definitely have to to cut out the as much of the inside baseball as they do. And as much of the as Nicole said, the Vince didn't love us enough rhetoric that seems to dominate that show. And the whole gotcha from Tony Khan. Tony Khan just needs to shut the fuck up. Like, I had to, I had to put thing at, something at the top of my list of things that would have to happen for me to watch AEW. Tony Khan shut the fuck up is at the top of my list. He okay? doesn't know how to. He doesn't. He, he gets his he gets his face in the powder and that's it. He's off to the races. Basically, but,
2: they the the dirt sheets and everything else have hyped that man up so much that he feels like he has to speak every chance that he gets.
1: Yeah. The, the last thing that would take is time. Guys, I, I don't live this wrestling thing. I, I have a life outside of here, hobbies outside of here, a, a very busy job, a girlfriend, <laughs> things. I have to budget out my my TV watching time in general. That's not just wrestling. You know, that's movies, TV shows. <clears throat> So during the
2: fall, I have a set like on Mondays. I got the 911 shows, both Low Star <laughs> and the original. So on Mondays, I'm flipping back and forth. Yeah, I don't actually sit and watch a whole hour of Raw until ten o'clock. Fridays, yeah. I have nothing to do and there's nothing going, so SmackDown gets my undivided attention. Like during the summer, it's fine because nothing is really on TV. So. I may watch NXT and Monday Night Raw in complete full. Other than that, I have TV shows. Yeah. I have HBO now. I have shows I have to catch on HBO Max. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, we have HBO Max. We have Disney Plus. We have Hulu.
2: Yeah. Thank uh, you. Prime. And, Disney, and Disney's about to come out with what? Uh, Miss Marvel is getting ready? No, Miss Marvel. She-Hulk yeah. is getting ready to come out. Like, um... Obi-Wan, all this stuff is about, to come, is about to come out within like a four-month span.
1: <laughs> Sorry, there's no room for any extra wrestling on my on my plate. No. Uh, so right. at the end of the day, that really becomes the biggest issue with me is a lack of time. Because I'm sure if I really wanted to carve out, like if, if I could sweep everything off the table, I could find time to watch AEW. I really could. But I don't have the time. And I'm not about to not watch something else just so that I can squeeze in one more wrestling show. I mean, maybe <laughs> that's irresponsible of me to run a podcast where I talk about wrestling and I don't oh, watch every single, you know, morsel of wrestling that's available out there. Well, look, the
3: expert, the expert podcast guys don't watch it either.
1: No, they don't. They want you to think they do, but they, they don't, don't pay
3: attention. Right. Right. You know.
1: So all in all guys, I think this is a good place to call it a night. Yeah. Yeah, anybody yeah. else got anything oh, they, they want to add before we uh, before we call the go home spot? Well, if you really want me to add something. Oh,
5: you've added oh,
3: enough.
1: <laughs> you've <laughs> <had> two <laughs> whole segments to dedicate to the Queen. <laughs> We're not giving the Queen a third minute. How about hey, on how about next show. week? How about next
2: week, no Charlotte at all? Oh, wow. ooh, ooh, that We're that
1: good. might be that might hurt them That might be painful. Okay. You know, it's not we had that she's on TV right now anyway, so.
3: And do you understand how difficult it was to sit through that two hours of SmackDown on Friday? And then,
2: and, and I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep through some of SmackDown. Like, Brian had to wake me up so I could watch <laughs> Naomi and Sasha. I was like, oh, okay, and then I turned right back over after they
1: went now, off. Now, Jason, you hear what he just said. It was very painful to sit through Friday night SmackDown without his screen <laughs> there. But what is Rob doing tonight? He's working through the pain. He put the cast on. He wrapped it up. He put ointment on it. And he took an ibuprofen and he came to work.
4: That's right. Listen, the the NBA is still real to me, damn
1: it. It is. (laughs) All right. On that note, let's call it here. Uh, Again, Nicole, thank you so much for coming out tonight. Another fun night. Another fun show
2: well thank you for having me anytime you ask i will be here
1: <laughs> all right we appreciate that and bucky's tag team partner jason jason fun time tonight brother
4: yeah we've had we've had a good one and nicole honestly you're fantastic and you are uh, the the bright sunshine this podcast desperately needs like, so anytime. Anytime. i tell you what well, and you jumped you.
1: right in like we've been like you've been doing this with us all along like it's been seamless it really has
2: well, I'm just gonna let you guys on the little secret. When I would be listening, I would jump in in the like in the car.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's good stuff. That's good. I, she's been like rehearsing. That's unintentionally. Awesome. Oh, no, that,
3: that's, no, that's no, that's good though.
1: That's good. No, that's really good. I like I actually like hearing that. I really do. Yeah, and last but not least, the minister of truth from the Rob the Genius podcast. Rob, another great night. had a had a good time tonight, brother.
3: Thank you. And just we are one day closer to title number fourteen. It, oh. It
1: was, oh my oh. God, Rob! Uh, <laughs> he snuck it in, man. Every damn time, right before the bell rings, he gets it in there. Oh, one day I'm gonna catch One day I'm gonna catch him, and I'm gonna do the run in, and I'm gonna hit him with the clothesline, and that's gonna be it. And there's gonna be no <laughs> Charlotte Flair at the at the kickout. <laughs> The day she the day she gets number fourteen,
2: Rob is not gonna shut up. Yeah. Half the podcast will be
1: dedicated to her 14th championship. I don't even think Rob is gonna take a breath. He's gonna have like the, the oxygen tubes up through the nose breathing <laughs> for him. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's call it here tonight. I want to thank everybody here for listening. Uh, Those of you on the Chairshot Network, if you like what we're doing tonight, this is your first time with us, please go back and listen to the archive stuff on Anchor.fm, or you can find us on Spotify. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, DJ. You can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we're out of here.